1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Rough one for the Boston Red Sox in Tampa the last couple of days. Not the run you hoped going into the all-star break against the good teams, against Tampa, against New York, and it is three against New York. Game one is tonight, and uh, after a a long flight from uh, Tampa, this gentleman kind enough to get up and join us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline for our weekly check-in, it is our friend Will Fleming. Will, how are you, man?
2: I will always get up for you guys, no problem at all. I'm good. Uh, You know, as you know... (laughs) Uh, the team is teetering a little bit. The break seems like it can't get here soon enough. But uh, I think hopefully the energy of Yankee Stadium, now that we're out of that hell hole that is Tropicana Field, I mean, I do think that was one of the protagonists of this this kind of meltdown for the Red Sox. It's just the worst possible atmosphere in pro sports. I think Yankee Stadium and the the big rivalry and the light at the end of the tunnel, I think it will rejuvenate the Red Sox, and, uh, and hopefully so, because they need a jolt right now for sure.
1: Well, on Wednesday night, uh, Alex Cora talked a lot about how the Rays were playing hard and they were battling through their injuries and different issues. And I think a lot of us took that as sort of a commentary on his own team, maybe not playing hard, even though he was asked that directly and downplayed that idea. Did you think that was his feeling uh, Wednesday night? And did that change last night? Because he seemed to be more upbeat even in a losing effort last night.
2: I think Alex Cora says absolutely nothing by accident, never, and I think he is a master at you know using all platforms to get his message across, and he was not happy at all at all, and you know I think it 's a delicate, slippery slope in a way for those of us who watch and talk about the sport to talk about things like effort and focus. Cause I don't think in Tampa, for example, the Red Sox weren't playing hard necessarily. They just weren't playing well at all. And, There were so many mental mistakes on the bases and defensively because, you you know, there's a difference between physical errors, which are never good, but you can live with those if you're just limited and guys are out of position, which God knows a lot of these Red Sox are and mental mistakes. And some of these base running mistakes have been just plain and simple mental breakdowns. Um, And that's, maybe an accumulation of all the games they've played and the strain of being in this division and, and being undermanned right now. Um, but, yeah, he was upset, and I, I, his tone last night was much better, and they did play better uh, because, again, last night's a spot where maybe you try to get a little bit too much out of Cutter Crawford, who was brilliant, um, but what else was he supposed to do in that spot? I mean, that it's another example of how they're just short uh, for a number of reasons out in the bullpen, and he tried to get maybe one, two, three more outs out of Crawford, and it obviously backfired and didn't work. But, uh, yeah, I I think he's frustrated, um, and he's not afraid ever to both privately and publicly uh, let his feelings be known about a need for more focus and more sort of sustained effort.
0: Will Fleming, a part of the Red Sox Network, with Gresh and Andy Hart in for Keefe. Will joins us on the Harbor One Hotline I know that uh, you have, over the course of your illustrious broadcasting career, seen some pretty bad baseball at times. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a four game series like, I don't know, were you in the Sally League at one point or something and saw <laughs> a team ping dingling around and throw it around the, ray- the, the way the Red Sox have really in that series against Tampa? Because. I even heard you on the broadcast, Will, like on the franchise throw from first base, you're like, my God, you just can't do that. He's not even looking for the ball. I mean, it's kind of gone from the ridiculous to the sublime just in terms of these fielding errors that are killing this team right now.
2: Well, let me tell you that in the minor leagues, yes, I saw some things (laughs) that we could talk about. (laughs) Um, But the problem is that in every way this week in Tampa felt like that. I mean, again, the ballpark is just an abomination. And all the created artificial noise, there's no fan atmosphere, the slanted roof. I mean, it's just a brutal place. And I think that kind of seeped into the Red Sox, which, by the way, cannot happen. I mean, it's just you can't make excuses at the highest level of big league baseball, which the Red Sox obviously have shown they're capable of being right there with anybody uh, when they're on this year. That play, the more you think about it, the Strom throw – I. it is understandable the guy has just gotten drilled with a line drive off his wrist and he's just the world is spinning he's going crazy and so should he make that throw no he shouldn't but the franchi one is the one that drives you a little crazy uh it's just a total lack of awareness the the guy has stopped at third Vasquez is worried about an injured pitcher and he's trying to call for time and get out to the mound And Franchi just kind of lobs it in. And then, of course, you know, Rob Refsnyder, who's been great for this team, uh, does the same thing from right field. And I think what bothered Alex a lot is that, you know, you saw it I think last night a little bit too uh, when Verdugo and Bogarts pull off a relay. Uh, The third base coach, Randy Lenaris for the Rays basically went into the last couple games of the series saying these guys are not in position and are not paying attention. And we're going to try to steal some runs. And that, more than anything, will drive a manager absolutely insane. And I do think that the Franchi play, once again, as does the Cutter-Crawford decision last night, it just underscores what is staring everyone right in the face. There are guys playing out of position, and there are not right now enough dependable bullpen arms. Like, the first base thing and the bullpen, this is not rocket science. And I don't know how they're planning to address it, but they have to. If if they're going to be in this thing and compete with the Yankees and the Astros and even the Rays and Blue Jays, those things have to get better. Because if not, you're going to continue to see guys playing where they shouldn't play and making more of those mistakes.
1: Will, I want to follow up on that idea because we are getting to the point in the Major League Baseball season where teams are deciding buyers, sellers, trade deadline, all-star break, are we going to invest? And this stretch of play in these issues – while obvious to all us outsiders, you need a first baseman, you need bullpen arms. Are they giving Heim Bloom uh, evidence of what he needs to invest in, or are they proving maybe they're not good enough to even invest in?
2: Uh, I sure hope it's not door number two, right? Because this is such, I mean, it's such a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? Where you can look at it either way you want to. But I mean, I, have said this from absolutely the beginning of spring training. Here's where I stand on all this. And I I sure hope they do too. And I, I, having had conversations with all of them, I really believe they do. Um, you have these guys on your team right now that may not be here going forward. You owe it to them. You owe it to the run. You owe it to the fans To go for it with this group, no matter what that looks like. That doesn't necessarily mean you trade 100 prospects for you know two or three of the best relievers and the number one hot ticket first baseman on the market. I'm not suggesting that they need to mortgage all of the future just for this one year, but I firmly believe you can help this group without doing that. I mean that, that you just look at the history of these these trades over the last few years. You have to give up some stuff, of course, but. But so few of these prospects ever materialize to be big time you know big league players. So I think you can do you can do both things at one time so uh, i I fully believe they're invested in this group and and they know that this, this group is beat up, they're shorthanded, they're injured. And by the way, they're getting back a lot of guys. Like the arms that they're going to have in this series and coming out of the All-Star break, it's going to be a totally different-looking team. But I would not think that you know these last four days when everybody's injured and, and you don't have 80% of your starting rotation, that, that would never, I don't think, impact their decision uh, as to whether to buy or not at this deadline.
0: Uh, Will Fleming, a part of the Red Sox Network here with Gresham. Keith, Andy Hart is in for Keith today. And, uh, Will, I want to follow up a little bit on Andy's question, and that is, you know, you now have a wild-card race where all those other teams in the American League East are in it, including Baltimore. Now Seattle has played well enough to get their back in it. Uh, Cleveland is hanging around. The White Sox are on the periphery. Do you think a lot of these teams are going to try to be aggressive to add to their roster? Like if you're the GM in Baltimore, are you just going to the Angelos family on bended knee and saying, please, God, let me go spend a buck. Do you think the competitiveness of the American League wildcard race is really reflective within the standings or do we still have classism even within all that big group?
2: I'll never believe the Orioles will do anything other than their, you know, their formulaic approach till till proven otherwise. I mean and I think Mike Elias their GM has said basically as much, that even if they thread this needle and all their prospects materialize at the same time, they're unlikely to do much additional to help their team. We'll see whether that changes. So I, I'm not that worried about the Orioles. Uh, it, the main question for me with Baltimore is, do they or do they not sell? Like, does Trey Mancini become available? And for me, that becomes more difficult for them to do. I mean, now that they've played so well, uh, it, it's hard for me to imagine that they would uh, – self-pieces, but, you know, with them, nothing would surprise me. I I would be shocked if the Mariners don't make a huge push. I mean, they're a team that has not been in the playoffs forever. Uh, the longest drought in the big leagues they missed by one game last year. Their fan base is starving. Uh, I, I think they'll be – I think almost everybody else will try to add, and what happens is with a more crowded market, things get more expensive. So in that way, it does impact the Red Sox. Uh, I, I would also just say that – I've said for a couple weeks now, the problem with the AL East stretch the Red Sox are in right now is not just that they're playing the best teams in the game, which is not great, but it's that the, the net total of wins available to all these teams is shrunken. And, like, you can't. All three, Rays, Jays, and Red Sox, when you're playing each other, stay in those wild card spots because the other teams are out there accumulating wins that you just, by the math, literally, it is impossible. There are not enough wins to keep up if what happens this week with the Mariners and the Orioles and the Guardians happens. It just mathematically cannot happen. So uh, they're all in a bad spot playing each other over these next uh, few weeks. And. It gets wild in that race, that's that's for sure, and it's a problem that all these other teams have gotten hot.
1: You mentioned the returning arms. We'll see one of those tonight in Nathan Avaldi. Lost in some of these defensive struggles and, and losing is the fact that Chris Sale put a really nice performance together in his return to the big leagues. How optimistic are you about Chris Sale and do you think he can be, you know, maybe the ace they need to make a run here?
2: I do now. I mean, I I was very curious going into the the first one because we've all been down this road for a few years where you just – I've never seen a guy come back. I've never felt less certain one way or the other. I mean, it could have gone a lot of different ways. But that was so encouraging to see him do that. And I think we'll have similar feelings after Evaldi pitches tonight. But just to go back to your earlier question about what, that, what they're thinking at the deadline, I think more than anything, the fact that they got that from Sale has to make them think, all right, now we got our absolute horse back. And if you get Sale and Ivaldi at the top of a rotation that suddenly has some real depth uh, with other guys like Waka and Hill coming back. Uh, that, that, to me, is, is a great indication of what they can do down the stretch. And, you know, the, the Rays lineup, if we're being totally honest, that Chris uh, faced uh, was weakened. It is not the team that he'll face in the Yankees on Sunday. So that'll be kind of another important mile marker for him to pass and, and check another box, and, and it'll be fun to see him compete at that level. But to me, I always look at the stuff. And the, and the competitiveness. And, like, that was the great Chris Sale slider, and that was the great Chris Sale fastball. Uh, like, little moments in that game, he falls behind Yandy Diaz 3-0, and the next pitch is 97 at the knees on the outside corner, and the next pitch is 97 at the knees on the inside corner. You know, that's not stuff that Chris Sale did in the last two years. So I'm totally encouraged by that. Uh, he has that look in his eyes. He, he's got that, you know, strut going again. So I'm very optimistic about what he can give them from now to the end
0: all right so uh you are in new york for the run of games this weekend which means you can uh from that city pretty much get to any locale you want i know you've got little people however what does a uh, highfalutin broadcaster like you will fleming plan for the all-star break you know are you the guy that sits at home and actually watches the all-star game or are you going to uh turn your mind off head to a tropical locale how you gonna? Uh, how are you gonna decompress like the players for a couple of days?
2: I usually do not really watch the All Star Game. I, I, it's one of these times where it's like the busman's holiday, right? I'm not. I'm not going to be that locked into a game that means nothing. I mean, it, it would, am I going to glance maybe if Devers or Bogarts or JD has an at bat? Maybe, but I'll probably just be out to dinner. Now, uh, as you say, I've got a nine month old and a four year old, and I was supposed to right now be at Royal Aberdeen in Scotland with my dad and my brother playing golf uh, for a week. We were planning to go over there and uh, about two months ago, I realized that uh, with the little guys, (laughs) I'd rather be married than in Scotland. So uh, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go down and see my, my mom and my brother's kids and their family and sit by the pool and have the cousins all hang out and just lay back and, and have some time with, with the kids which I think uh, they need some dad time so that's going to be my plan to just uh, you know this this thing we haven't been traveling in a couple of years uh, and it's been absolutely glorious to be back on the road with the Red Sox and And I hope our listeners can appreciate the, the things that we can give them that we hadn't been able to uh, yep. and I'm really appreciative to the Red Sox and to the people at our station who have made that possible uh but you know for three months you're not at home and that starts to add up on the four-year-old the nine-month-old and the wife so i will be dad duty all the way and uh i couldn't be happier about
0: that yeah you buried the lead on that one friend you went wife last that is first for everybody we all (laughs) live in (laughs) yeah that's right we're all in fear of a woman uh will fleming have a great weekend down in new york enjoy some downtime and uh I know we will uh, catch you soon. Thanks a bunch, friend. Appreciate it.
2: Andy's Andy. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully next time we talk, you know, coming out of the break, things will look a lot better, and I feel pretty, pretty confident they will. Thanks, guys.
0: They, they will. You, will. There goes Will Fleming, who is uh, with us on the Harbor One hotline.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone
0: 15s. It's better over
1: here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.